The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss a topic that can make or break your marketing budgets, purchasing MarTech solutions. Joining us is Henrik Becker, who is the Director of Marketing at NetResults, which is the number one solution for buying marketing automation software for the second time. Prior to his role leading marketing at NetResults, Henrik was a marketing automation consultant and an in-house employee at a variety of SaaS startups. And today, he's going to tell us about the process that you should follow when you're evaluating your marketing software solutions. Here's our interview with Henrik Becker, the Director of Marketing at NetResults. Henrik, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. I understand that you're originally from the Netherlands and now you're out in Colorado. That's right. We're in downtown Denver right here, right across Union Station. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, net results, and how did you make the leap from the wintry Netherlands to, well, I guess also the wintry hills of Colorado? (laughs) They're both very wintry in very different ways. So I've been in marketing automation for the last six years or so. And it was kind of an evolution for me from being a marketer at a startup company to striking it out on my own as a copywriter. That evolved from, can you write my landing page to, can you also write my follow-up emails to, do you happen to know a tool that we can put this in? And before you know it, you're actually implementing entire systems. So that's where I was at. And at some point, wanted to partner up with a go-to software vendor for whenever a customer asked me, look, there are so many tools out there, which one do we go for? And that's how I ran into net results through a customer of mine. And well, one thing led to another, and now I'm here. So you were essentially a customer of net results, and you were providing both advice for what software to purchase to your consulting clients, but then also doing the implementation. Absolutely. So I was a partner for net results. What would often happen is that a customer was looking to implement market automation. They knew why they wanted it. They just didn't know how to do it. So they would ask for my help when it came to selecting the software, implementing the software, strategy, content, all of that. I would usually either build stuff for them or I would help them do it and train their team. So I saw a stat that was published by Scott Brinker, who is the chief MarTech and the VP, I believe, of platform solutions at HubSpot. Yeah, I love Scott. 
Scott's great, and he's been a guest of the show. He's actually coming back, I believe, later in the month. But the graphic that Scott posted showed that the investment marketers are making in MarTech Solution is now greater than the amount that they're spending. I can't remember if it was on people or if it was on advertising budget. I saw it on LinkedIn. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. Essentially, people are spending more on the software than they are either the people that are implementing it or the advertising budgets. I can't remember which one it was, but that to me is a focus on more marketing automation tools and higher investment in them. And the interesting thing to me is there are more and more tools that are out there. You work in marketing automation, HubSpot, Marketo, NetResults, down to tools that aren't as enterprise focused like Mixmax. There's a million other tools. And then there's a million other places where people are using MarTech tools. Right. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on how to evaluate which tools are the right fit for your business. As you said, there is different sizes, businesses, and different use cases. So there's different kinds of tools. My expertise obviously is B2B marketing automation. I worked with a lot of mid-market and larger companies. So that's where most of my experience is. So that's why I've helped the most customers. So the question really is, how do you figure out from all these tools, which one fits your use case? And I think that it will be too long of a monologue here to start categorizing all them. But I would say that one of the first smart things to do is look at B2B or B2C, because usually the use case is different, right? If you're in B2B, you want to generate leads, you want to stay in contact with those leads, and you'll have a ramp up towards a sale, which is often on the higher value sale versus in B2C, you're looking to try and have them make that first purchase and then extend the relationship beyond that point. So what I'm hearing from you is that the first thing you need to do is classify your business. And you should hopefully know whether you are B2B or B2C, but try to understand where you are in terms of what solution you're looking for. Are you looking for a startup-based tool, right? One that's going to go from zero to your first 100,000, 10,000 customers? Are you looking for a growth stage tool? Or are you looking for something that's enterprise-based? So my first recommendation is always... Let's build a business case here. So let's define an actual problem that is costing your business money. And let's see if we can come up with a solution the way we would like it to be, like a vision. If this problem is solved, what does that look like from a practical standpoint in your business, but also from a monetary standpoint? I'll give you an example. I worked with a business that literally had their marketers walk over to the IT department to ask for Excel sheets with dumps from the database they would then take that Excel sheet and upload it into their email too, and then send out an email, which could take days. The amount of time that they saved implementing a marketing automation solution is incomparable. <laughs> so that was a real time saver, money saver. So that's the first step. The actual question, I suppose, you have to ask yourself, do I really need this? Because there is so much awesome marketing out there for platforms that you can get really... It's like buying a car, right? It's kind of easy to buy something you don't really need. So it's really important to know why you're buying something. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I've made that mistake before. I think it was the last startup that I was working on. The social space was getting bigger and bigger. And this was the time where you could still have a meaningful, organic social presence. I think that's changed a lot in the last five or 10 years. But organic social was really something that could have made or broken a business. So we spent a fair amount of money on a social media marketing tool. 
which we never end up really implementing or using. And most of our marketing focus was on our paid advertisement. So I think identifying where is your highest pain point, but also what tool and what problems, if you solve, are going to drive the highest business results, definitely step number one. What's your step two? The second step is to make sure you talk to all the people in the business that are going to be influenced by this buying decision. Oftentimes, it is marketing, either it's the marketing team indicating that change is needed, or it is a VP or a director saying, look, we're going to do this. But you never do it alone, because at least in B2B marketing, you are integrated to an extent, hopefully, with your sales team, which means that whatever solution you pick is going to influence them as well. Then there's IT, especially when you need some custom integrations done or you have other business systems that you need to hook it up to. It's very important to make sure you know what these other departments are looking for in a solution. So it sounds like this is not only getting buy-in from your internal stakeholders, but also a little bit about understanding your requirements. Absolutely. You have to create a shopping list and you have to do it together. If you don't create a shopping list, you're going to come home with a much more expensive car with all kinds of things on it that you don't need. So Henrik, when you're starting to put together your list of which tools you want to evaluate, what are some of the things that you're looking for in terms of reading the marketing materials, seeing what's available and figuring out whether you want to engage in a demo or the sales process? Yeah, I guess this is where marketing really plays a big role. For me as director of marketing, my job is to make sure that in that particular part of the process, we show up as a real option. And the way we do that is that we're on review websites. So I always recommend those because they should be representing the real deal. I know that all the reviews that are on a site like Captera or G2 Crowd have all been verified in our actual reviews. So I think that's a great way to find out if something's an option for you. I always advise my clients to look at the feature set is one thing, but look at the content that they're putting out. Look at the problems that they're discussing. Are they the real deal? Are they putting out content that's provoking thought? Are they helping people before they become customers? What is this company's outlook on the world? I think that those are huge things when developing your long list, which is what it is before you start doing demos, as far as I'm concerned. I don't think you can judge a book by its cover. And I do think that there's value in some of the review services. A lot of the times marketers are trying to game those as well. The thing that I actually look for the most is, do I understand what the company is saying about their products in their marketing collateral? If I go onto the homepage and a company is trying to describe features, not the purpose of the products, or if they're describing how they fit into the market in a way that doesn't make sense to me, if they're making up words, I think they're overselling. And that scares me a little bit. I want an organization and a company that's going to explain things to me in a fashion that I understand. And to me, evaluating the initial marketing collateral, even in the initial sales outreach, that matters a lot. Do I understand what the hell you're selling? Do I understand what your features are called? Because if I don't, in step one, understand enough about your product to be able to move forward, when we're two years down the road and you release new features, are they going to be confusing to me? So that's kind of the first thing that I look for. So, so far we have identifying the problem that you're trying to solve, talk to your internal stakeholders, put together your list of requirements. How do you evaluate once you have an understanding of what you're trying to solve and have a sense inside your organization? who's going to be helping integrate this software solution. How do you figure out what the right options are for you? And that's the hard part, honestly. Talking to marketers, especially those that are buying for the first time, 
the only real way to work out beforehand is to demo extensively and get a free trial. But you're actually asking a marketer to make a decision based on something that they won't know how to answer for the next six months. I can't tell you what it's like for your business to work with any of the platforms that we know until you've actually worked with them because the use case is different every time. And there is little things that will make or break it for you. So that's the hard part. And how do you evaluate it? I think it comes down to understanding really well what you need and which is based on your business case. And although the shopping list is very important to make sure you get the features that are must-have versus the features that are nice to have, you also need to ask vendors how they would help you implement a certain solution because a requirements list is straightforward. You can check it off, like do they have it, do they not have it? But the problem is that many platforms will solve your problems, but in a different way. There's a couple of different things that come to my mind when you're going through the demo and trial process. First off, this is when you're talking to people in sales and we all work in sales in some capacity. But when you come together and you say, okay, here is the menu, here's my list of requirements, what can you do? A salesperson's job is to tell you that, of course, you can do whatever you want, even if it requires a little bit more legwork. So to me, that's really where you need to be specific when you're going through the demo and trial and talking to the salesperson about what your specific needs and use cases are and understand, is that something that is off the shelf that they do or something that can be hacked together to do? That's like tip number one for me is whenever you say, hey, we want it to do this, the salesperson saying, yes, it can is not enough. Show me how is more important because then you really understand some of the product features and the ease of use. I agree 100%. I'm on a lot of our demos and it's so distinct the way that first-time buyers ask us questions versus second-time buyers. First-time buyers are really, really focused on the requirement list. I understand that completely because you haven't worked with a platform like this. So you don't really know how it's going to play out in practice. Whereas second-time buyers have worked with a platform like a marketing automation platform. And they understand exactly what you just said. It's more about how things are done versus the exact function requirement. So yes, absolutely. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. 
To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So tell me a little bit more about how you evaluate the demos and trials and what type of relationship do you have with the sales team when you're going through the sales process? I think a good sales rep will ask you questions, will be genuinely interested in the way that you do business and the problems you're looking to solve. And then they will tailor their demo around that. They won't just go off a script and show you everything and try to appease. I am a big fan of consultative sales. For me, sales is always more of a disqualifications process. So figuring out if you can actually help this person. If everything that you're asking for is not a problem, then it's very important that they show you how they will solve your problems. Absolutely. I think that when I'm going through a sales process and I'm looking for some sort of a technology solution, maybe this is just me, but the thing that drives me nuts is when somebody comes on and they start selling how a tool or a solution can solve every problem, as opposed to saying, hey, what's your problem? Let me understand how you do business and let me show you how you can work with our solution within your existing operational workflows. Like to me, that is always a good sign. And maybe this is more about evaluating the sales rep than the software. But if someone comes in and says, let me learn about your business and show you how you can apply what our software does within the context of your existing framework, I go a lot farther with that sales call than I would if somebody's just showing me every bell and whistle and feature. And it is always about the use case. And it is about how is it going to help me fix my problem? And it's never about the software tool itself. It's always about your business and what you're trying to do. And there is not one software tool that's going to solve all your problems. It's going to be about which tool comes closest and which company is going to help me be successful, right? If it was just the software tool, that would be easy. But it's about your business, the vendor, and then how you're going to solve your problems together. Okay. So Henrik, when you go through and you're having your demos of your various products and you're talking to the salespeople and hopefully they're talking to you about how their solutions help you with your existing workflows, how do you refine down what solutions you're focused on and evaluate some of the other things like price, the length of relationships, and how do you eventually get to moving forward with one solution? Because at the end of the day, that's really what you're focused on. I always recommend that for the first demo round that you do, you just do it by yourself. You try to get a feel for the various tools, the various companies that go along with those tools. Once you've done that and you've done a bunch of demos, I would say that you try to bring in some of the other people that we talked about, some of the stakeholders for sales or IT, and you try to ask for specific follow-up demos. So like, I want to bring in my IT person. We want to talk about APIs. We want to talk about integrations, all that stuff. And then you go from there and you try to narrow it down based on the answers you get and how helpful the actual demos are. One other thing that I think is really important is to actually test drive the solution. For one reason or another, this has become more of a problem, especially in the enterprise space or the mid-market space, is that vendors have been restricting free trials. I don't understand that at all. I think it's really, really important to know what you're getting into. So that's one of the reasons that we in that results, we don't just give you a free trial. We also give you an onboarding before you're a customer because how else is someone going to decide whether we're fit for them or not? So I think that if you're in the sales process, you should be pushing to get an actual instance of the software to see what it's actually like if you're inside of it, if you can hook it up to something even better. 
for example, if it's a sandbox account, you can hook it up your CRM and see how that actually works and how hard is it to set up or how easy is it to set up? What happens with the data once it's there? What can you do with it? Will they help you understand how it works or will they just leave you dangling inside of it? Once you get through those kind of steps, I think at that point you have to get together with all the stakeholders and just discuss the actual vendors that you think are the best fit. And then there's price probably what you wanted to talk about. Before you get down to price, and I do want to talk a little bit about negotiation, you bring up a couple different points, is that you're not just doing one demo, you're evaluating a software solution that you could potentially be using for months to years, and these platforms, depending on the scale of your business, can be very expensive. These can be five-figure checks a month, and you want to really know what you're getting into. So first off, do multiple demos. Do a demo, a surface level one, think about it, ask some questions to follow up, bring in the other stakeholders, make sure that they understand. And then the second part that you brought up is focus specifically on what the onboarding process is going to be. Not only can you get a sandbox environment, I understand why some companies don't want to do that because the onboarding process for specific softwares, like a marketing automation tool, can be very complicated. So showing somebody the tool and having them try to do the onboarding when normally that's a collaborative effort can just lead to frustration. But being able to look inside the tool and understand where the bodies are buried or at least how to navigate around it, to me, provides a lot of value. And again, it's about your understanding of what the different feature sets are. That's really something that you should be focused on when going through the post-demo evaluation process. Right. And the other thing that you really need to ask is, what is the vendor going to do to help me be successful? What does onboarding look like? Is it six hours? Is it ongoing? What happens if someone else joins the team a half a year from now? Are they going to get onboarding? What happens after onboarding? Do we need to purchase live support, which is the case more than often? Or am I just going to be submitting tickets? And that also has to do with the kind of organization that you have. Some organizations are really tech savvy and they enjoy figuring this stuff out themselves. Others need more help. And that's something you have to decide for your own organization. What's the best fit here? So as you're going through the evaluation process, eventually you work your way down to a couple different options, hopefully, that are viable. Talk to me about the negotiation process when you're looking for MarTech solutions. How much should you be asking for? What type of wiggle room? Where is there the ability to play in terms of what the business relationship looks like? So once you get to talking about pricing, if you're dealing with a smaller platform in terms of... Yeah, like a self-service platform. Yeah. You know, it's usually pretty straightforward and it's sign up for the plan that you want and then that's it. Once you move up market, you can often try and see where the wiggle room is. One of the things that we also offer is you can either pay on a month-to-month basis or you can pay on a yearly basis and get a discount because what's good for us should be good for you. You'll see that with a lot of companies. So that's something to look for. And I think that generally speaking, the bigger the commitment, the more wiggle room there is. I think it's also good to look at when it comes to price, what you'll often see is that the price on the website is an indication, meaning that there are often things that are add-ons. A lot of these tools have modules that you can add on to the platform, or there's different plans. There's a pro plan and an enterprise plan. Another sneaky one I personally find is always the CRM users. So they'll charge you for, if you integrate with your CRM, that will usually go through a user that you add to the marketing automation tool that you will pay for that. Uh, API calls is another one you should look out for. Is one that's often an additional cost. 
those are things that can really add up at the end of the day. So it's really important to get a clear overview of what you're going to be paying for, for how long, what the terms are, because I've spoken to several marketers that got more than they bargained for when it came towards the length of the contract or stuff like that. And they were unpleasantly surprised, but they couldn't get out of it anymore. I think that's an important point is that when you're negotiating, you're looking at price. And when you talk about price, what you need to be thinking is what's the expected total cost? So your sales rep might say, well, your monthly rate for the service is $2,000. And then there's some variable costs depending on your usage. I would push the issue and say, I want a guarantee or an understanding of what my total cost is likely to be at least for the duration of the contract. If we're going to negotiate a year-long contract, you need to give me an expected figure for the total cost. And if it's exceeded, then we need to understand why and have some contingencies. I also think about second piece of advice is, hey, it never hurts to ask for a discount. For sure. And some of the things that you talked about were API pricing or calls or users like, hey, we're happy to pay the existing rates if those are inflexible. What we want is to not pay for X number of users or we want flexibility in terms of how much we're able to use the platform or we don't want to make a commitment for that long, right? Hey, we're happy to sign for these rates, but I don't want to make a yearly commitment. Can we have this agreement for six months and we'll reevaluate down the road? You can always be flexible in terms of the amount of time or the total cost. So that would be my advice for negotiating is never hurts to ask. And you have flexibility in terms of your fixed cost, your variable cost, and also the time frame that you're thinking about. So I think just to summarize a lot of the things that we've talked about, there's a couple of key steps in my mind when you're evaluating your software tools that Hendrik has been kind enough to walk us through. You need to think about, first and foremost, the problem that you're trying to solve, right? And you don't have to buy more car than you need. It's better, actually, if you buy just specifically for the problem you're trying to solve. When you're evaluating your tool, make sure that you understand the language that the company you're looking at is speaking. When you're going through the demo process, evaluate whether they are trying to integrate into your existing workflows or whether they're going to try to make you change your workflows. And when you get down into your negotiations, there's a lots of different things that you can look at. There's a lot of ways that salespeople can up the costs without you really thinking about it. So make sure that you're asking for an estimated total cost. And when you're negotiating, never hurts to ask for a discount. And also you can play around with the duration of the contract that you're looking for. Take on as little of a commitment as you possibly can and keep the companies that you're working with hungry to earn your business because the sooner that your relationship needs to be renegotiated, the more you're going to have leverage to go back and customize or ask for what you want. That sounds exactly right to me. Great. Well, that's a great place for us to land the plane today. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Henrik Becker, the Director of Marketing at NetResults for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Henrik is going to tell us about the steps that you should be taking to maximize the value of the marketing software that you purchase. So if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Henrik, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in the bio, which is in our show notes, or you can send him a tweet at Becker Henrik, B-E-C-K-E-R-H-E-N-R-I-K, or you could visit his company website, which is net-results.com, N-E-T-R-E-S-U-L-T-S.com. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. 
Of course, you can also reach out on social media. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn, Twitter, pretty much everywhere. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Hendrik Becker, the director of marketing at NetResults, we've got some other great episodes lined up over the next couple weeks. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.